0: Welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Pot Mess, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi everybody, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Landlord James.
1: And I'm the other host, and my name is The Baby New Year. Hmm. I'm only joking, uh, do not adjust your set, do not adjust your AirPods. It's me, the regular co-host, Tenant Michael. I'm just doing a little bit of a joke because this is our... Farewell 2019, hello 2020 New Year's episode.
0: Yes, it is. I mean, no offense Mike you're making it sound a bit lame, but it is. It's our goodbye to 2019. Goodbye to this whole decade.
1: Bye-bye. Episode. Yeah. You ever hear people say that to
0: Yeah, they yeah, or they say bye bitch. Yes. Don't they? Hey, 2019. Bye, bitch. <laughs> you know what? Actually, you know, I'm a, I'm always thinking about ways to make money. That could be a great t-shirt we could sell. You know, a landlord and tenant Podmas logo, mm-hmm. and then with the thing, hey, 2019. Bye, bye bitch. Bye, bitch. On the back?
1: Um,
0: Or on the front? Maybe on the front. Hey, 2019. And then on the back, bye, bitch. And then the... The, the logo of the podcast.
1: I, you know what? We should look into making that uh, that shirt or that kind of hoodie, even a tote bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe by April or May, we can have our 2019 Buy Bitch uh, merchandise available. Yeah,
0: I think it's time to move on. Like That's what all podcasts do. A tote bag, a t-shirt. How about something cool? How about a bandana? A do-rag? Uh... A do-rag
1: that says Buy Bitch on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and promoting our
1: podcast <laughs> i think that would sound like hotcakes i
0: think it well abs- are you kidding me these hipsters in toronto they'd love it yeah
1: anyway uh um, oh, what a year it's been though you know another year of potting me and you and you know mm-hmm. all, all those changes in the world i know it's it's been a quite
0: quite a year and um not only that Think about when you were a little kid and someone said, oh, I wonder what it'll be like in 2020. Yeah? And that's right around the corner.
1: Now, if I could go back and and speak to that little kid I used to be, I wonder what I'd tell First him. of all, I'd call the police on you. Because why are you talking to a little kid? Interesting. Officer, officer, don't you see? It's me. I'm. It's me in the future talking to me in the past. Of course, to you, it's the present. That's probably the oldest trick in the book for creeps to say to cops. Oh,
0: I wasn't talking to, to that kid. It's me, in, it's the me past, in the past. I'm warning him.
1: All right. Don't let me catch you around here again. <laughs> Was that a Philip K. Dick story? And a man goes back to to talk to his younger <laughs> self and he's arrested for being a child molester?
0: <laughs> uh, you know what it, it should have been a story. It should have been. Yeah. It should have been. It's a great concept. And that's what people get out of listening to this show. It's a lot of interesting ideas and concepts, challenging ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So New Year's is coming up. This yeah. is uh, this is. Do you have plans for New Year's Eve, Michael?
1: Um, I actually do. Yes, yeah, you know it's a big party night. Um, I made my plans a few months ago because there's nothing worse than making last-minute New Year's Eve plans, and everything's sold out, or every, everything's Well, I'm busy. glad to hear you're making yeah. plans,
0: because usually I feel like you end up doing something stupid, because
1: you don't make plans, but yes. I'm glad to hear you got ahead of the ball, yeah, and... Yeah, you know, not this year. Yeah, this year I have it all worked out. I'm uh, actually spending New Year's Eve um, at a men's shelter. Okay. Yes, I'm... You know that I'm part of i I'm a musical guy, right? hmm I'm actually leading a whistling workshop for homeless men uh, at a men's shelter, and we're also having a supper. Three-course supper, and at midnight, we'll be whistling uh, Auld Lang Syne together. So it's you and
0: these other guys who whistle?
1: Yes. A few of the guys are coming. They said they're coming. Uh, They're not always the most dependable guys, but uh, yes. At the very least, I will be in a men's shelter at midnight on New Year's Eve, uh, whistling to some men while they eat. And you're welcome to come. We can always use another paralypse. Uh, that's, a, that's what we always say. We can always use another paralypse.
0: Right. I mean, uh, will you come? You know what, Mike? I, uh, truly, I would if I was in town. Okay. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm not mark in town, down. so I can't.
1: Oh, where are you going to be?
0: Well, um, it's a cruise I do every New Year's, and it's a lot of fun. Um, you know how the cruising if,
1: this reminds me of the Al Pacino movie. Cruise. No, Cru- are no, you, not is it that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> no, Michael, okay. it's being on a giant boat. Ever heard of it. I'm going to be on a cruise that sails along the international dateline um, so that it's able to veer east and west and actually we're able to have New Year's Eve like all night. So it's going to be basically twelve hours of just constantly going from eleven fifty nine to midnight, eleven fifty nine to midnight. Oh, right! But there's more to it than that. It's not just a special New Year's Eve cruise. Okay. It's also a tantric sex cruise. Uh, you might be familiar with tantric sex, Mike.
1: Um, yes. Doesn't uh, Sting is a famous uh, practitioner? Exactly. Yeah. So basically, uh, me and
0: all these people on this cruise are going to be celebrating. Uh, New Year's Eve, the New Year's Eve countdown for 12 hours, and all making love for 12 hours. So it'll be 12 Whoa. hours of countdown, champagne bottles popping, and... That's not all it'll be. Tantric. Uh, p- popping.
1: Se- Sounds- well,
0: we won't be popping, actually, Michael. <laughs> Nobody will be popping. Right. Tantric. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually, when finally we reach the mm-hmm. end of this 12 hours, there'll That's be a lot of popping. Very but, intense.
1: No. How are you... Uh, you know conditioning how are you warming up for for the big event great question well
0: um you know i'm sponsored by fleshlight yes. and their product is intended to help you with you know build stamina That's what it okay. says on the box and so i've been using that a lot to build up stamina um uh a lot of mental visual- visualizations of you're just thinking about it thinking about unsexy 24/7. things
1: okay right
0: to get ready to, to mm-hmm. you know, think of those when I'm in the midst of it. You know, think of gross
1: things. You know the old-fashioned joke about, like, uh, the man would be like, to last longer in bed, uh, think of baseball. Yeah. Do you, think that, do you think that most modern men don't think, like, they, we think of something else these days because we live in such a tech-heavy world? Like, do you think we think of uh, coding? gaming Coding. Gaming. Here's how you last longer in bed, kid. Think of coding yeah. or gaming.
0: Think of uh, Death Stranding, the new Hideo Kojima PS4 game. Uh, which I would think about because I'm playing it right now and it's very good.
1: Is it good? Okay. Mm -hmm. Free advertising for a very popular um, video game um no that's a great point because baseball i love baseball but you know it's losing the young people it's sort of an old person's game also you love baseball so much that if you thought of baseball you'd probably finish faster than if you didn't think well
0: that's a good point because i get aroused when i go to the to the dome to see the jays play well not this last couple years but back in 2015
1: and 2016 absolutely a lot of guys would walk around that stadium with boners I went to a Toronto Blue Jays game this past season, and uh, it was the first time I had been in the Sky Dome when it was raining, so we're sitting there getting rained on, right, by the man upstairs, mm. and it's the first time I've been in the Sky Dome where I got to see the roof close, and it took like 25 minutes. Yeah, it takes half an hour. Terrifying. This ancient, like really rickety technology moving a, you know, a zillion pound concrete dome slowly above your head. It is a wild
0: experience. It was yeah. pe- it was a big deal when the sky dome opened. People's yeah. called it the eighth wonder of the world. Now, doesn't even make the top uh 1000. Top 1000. Yeah. Uh but back in the 80s, woo. Mm-hmm. Big deal.
1: Yes, 2019, isn't it? Isn't yep. it crazy? So, uh we're celebrating. It's a little unorthodox, but we you know, we don't usually like to Pod and drink. Drink and pod. Mm. Please show me your license. Uh, put your hands up in the air. You're not allowed to drink and pod. <laughs> but uh, in blue. Yes. Today we are drinking champagne. Yes! Or at least sparkling wine, because you can't call it champagne if it's not actually from that region of That's France. right. So, uh, James, what are you drinking?
0: Um, honestly, I can't, the the writing's all in cursive, so I can't even tell what it is. But I just went to the LCBO and said, "What's your most expensive champagne?" Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what he gave me. So I don't know how much did you drop? Oh, it was like two thousand bucks. My
1: God! Well, Mike, it's New Year's Eve. Yeah. Okay. Well, I um I spent considerably less. Okay. I spent eight dollars on this frankly ugly bottle of champagne. It's a weird shape. It's not a regular shape. It's shaped like a gun. Mm. I don't know why. It's a Hungarian sparkling wine called, and I can't really, uh, the writing is also strange on the label, but as far as I can see, it's it's called Yich. Oh, that's, you think, let's see the label? See, Y-H-K.
0: Yeah, I think Yich. it is pronounced, it does look like it's pronounced Yich. Yich. So, Yich.
1: so you've got your fancy uh, champagne, and I've got my Yich.
0: Yeah, it's Chateau something, but I can't read the cursive, but something expensive and you've got your yuck.
1: Yeah. Well that you know what
0: Mike if you think about it think about the amount of money I have uh, and the amount of money you have and per capita like per you probably spent more a higher percentage of yes. your money on your yuck than I did on yes. this bottle. So in a true, way you're di- you're dishing out more. Absolutely. If you think of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you're cele-
1: you're even more
0: celebratory than
1: me. I'm wild. Yeah. Um, well that's how how about we uh we uncork our bottles and uh, and then uh, clink our glasses. All right? Let's Here we go. pop them. Woo! Ah! And pour them in the glass. <laughs> and cheers. Cheers. And now let's both
0: should we sing Old Lang's eye? Sure. Let all acquaintance be forgotten, old Lan and lang syne. And all acquaintance be forgotten,
1: old lang syne. Beans. Cheers, James, to another year of potting. Bottoms up. <sulfur Illinois> oh, this is... A uh, very different uh, tasting Ooh. from uh, <laughs> champagnes I've had in the past. Oh,
0: what does it taste like?
1: Here, try it. Oh! Oh! Whoa! Now I guess I know why they call it that. It's like, uh, like ketchup and gasoline? Yeah. Oh my god. Hungry. Wow. And I'm just turning... See, on the back of the label, I didn't notice this. They have a little picture of George Soros X'd out on the back here. You're right. That's weird. What the hell is going on? What's going that on in hunger? That is a wild flavor.
0: Yeah. It's like it's like you're licking the Tupperware like there's some kind of plasticky gasoline thing going on. Some
1: sort of chemical residue. Chemical. It's there's chemicals yeah. in that. Chemical
0: residue. Wow. Anyway, well, enjoy that bottle of yuck, Mike. I, I don't want I don't want to see it drop Thank uh, you. in that bottle by the end of the pot cuz you, Can should, I have you a deserve to celebrate. You uh, uh, you wouldn't
1: like it. I mean, it's I let you try some of mine.
0: Only yeah, but you know what, Mike? Mm. It's like that Seinfeld episode where Jerry's like, "You can't sit in first class. You've never been there before. You won't know what you're missing." It's kind of like that with champagne too. I don't mm-hmm.
1: think. I think it's probably best you don't get used to trying it. Maybe you know what's best for me. So I absolutely do. Uh, before we bring in our guests, we do have a great guest. We're gonna have an amazing. Uh, the episode is going to be a, a look. Back at the year that was in popular culture, and we're looking really forward to uh, to getting there. But before we do, we've got a segment to do. It's our final segment of. Oh, getting a little bit misty eyed. It's our uh, final segment of the year. Uh, very. Are you crying
0: too? No, no, I'm not. This is a great name for a segment. I'm really excited about this. It's called Bye, Bitch" because we're saying. Bye, bitch, to
1: 2019. That's right. And this is an opportunity for us to not only say goodbye, bitch, a.k.a. 2019, but to look at, at some of the things we loved and hated uh, during the past 12 months. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, why don't you go first? I'd love to, so thank you very much. Uh, so my first bye, bitch, is something I loved. Uh, something that set the internet aflame, something that turned politics as we know them on the, on its head, mm-hmm. and you know made made a certain Donald Trump just sort of crumble into dust. Mm. Of course, I'm talking about in February at the State of the Union, when Nancy Pelosi did that famous clap back at Trump, where she stood up and did a sarcastic clap.
0: Yes, we remember that clap. She had kind of her hands out, tilted yes. to the side. She was giving a bit of a,
1: okay, kind of face. Yes, and it spawned a zillion gifs, mm-hmm. memes, and tweets, and and things have, things were never the same. You couldn't walk down the street without seeing people give the Pelosi clap. I gotta just say that, you know, a, a 79-year-old Italian woman hasn't caused this much of a stir in pop culture since... Uh, I don't know since Sophia from the Golden Girls uh shot down Dorothy with a withering comment. Hmm. Yeah, you might be right there. I also I can't believe uh
0: Nancy Pelosi is 79? 79. 79 years old, right? Should we
1: trust her to make decisions? Absolutely. That's really old. I think no, I think it's very it's the the right age, huh, huh. to lead she a revolution. She looks amazing. She does look great. Yeah. Um, She's the right age to lead a political revolution in America.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Wow. So, does she remember like the Beatles and Bill Haley and the Comets and everything? She was. I think she was
1: forty-eight years
0: old when the Beatles (laughs) hit the scene. Wow. (laughs) Nancy. All right. Well, yes, that was a great one. That's a great memory of twenty nineteen, and that's a great place to start. The clap.
1: Yes. Not the one you're thinking. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Not the one that's the STD on your penis. Yes. Okay, here's my first bye bitch of 2019. And um, it's also a good one. And it's the craze that happened in the summer here in Toronto. Of course, I'm I'm talking about the subject of basketball. I think you know where I'm gonna go with this. Mm-hmm. Fake Kawhi Leonard. Oh. The whole city went wild for this guy. You might remember after the Raptors won, a guy who
2: vaguely
0: resembled Kawhi Leonard, he sort of had the same haircut. Was walking around the city, doing autographs, taking photos, wearing Kawhi's jersey. Yeah. Um, the city went mad for him. And a lot of people thought he'd be a flash in the pan. But no, he's still one of our biggest celebs. Uh, he's hanging out with Drake. He's hanging out with Chair Girl. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, you don't know, Mike, because you don't follow pop culture. But fake Kawhi right. Leonard.
1: Uh, true... like. He arrived. I mean, he, he, arrived certainly, he certainly fooled me, and I did, uh, you know, give him $50 for an autograph during the day of the Rapper's Parade, but I sort of thought that his time had come and gone. I mean, the real Kawhi doesn't even play uh, in Toronto anymore, no. so what, what do you... No, fake Kawhi Leonard's become his own thing.
0: It's like his own persona. He's not just a Kawhi Leonard, a, a weird, self-employed Kawhi Leonard impersonator really? anymore. Mm. He's just known as fake Kawhi. So like when I'm when I'm out at a, at a fancy restaurant, you know, I'll be like, "Hey, fake kawaii, how's it going?" He's like, "Good, man, good." Really? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Glad to know he's he's prospering.
0: He's he's getting
1: toward the level of chair girl,
0: crane girl, and dart guy. He's not there yet, but he's working his
1: way up. Maybe he needs to throw himself off of a uh, balcony onto uh, the Gardner Expressway. <laughs> Why not? Just joking. Now, my second buy, bitch, is something uh, that brings me great sorrow. Hmm. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna cry, James. Now, we're recording this podcast on November 29th. I think you mean December 29th, <laughs> Michael, for the love of God. Sorry, I guess I uh, bonked my head a few too many times this year, and I don't know what month I'm in. We're recording this podcast on December 29th, and this is sadly the same day that the CBC is airing the last ever Royal Canadian Air Force New Year's Eve special. You know, airing it on December 29th. New Year's Eve. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's basically New Year's Eve. And after forty-six years on the radio and on television, uh, Canada is coming together tonight to say goodbye to our greatest television friends. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna party hard, and we're gonna have tears in our eyes as we laugh. And I don't know about you, James, but I I feel like saying goodbye to the Air Force. It's almost like um, I feel like I'm losing my best friends. Okay, I feel like. Almost as if, um, you know how Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens died in a plane crash all those years ago? Mm-hmm. They were America's greatest talents. Mm-hmm. I feel like, in a similar way, a plane crash is happening with our finest talents, the Royal Canadian Air Force, and we're saying goodbye to them tonight, forever. Well, I'm sorry if you're emotional there, Mike. I certainly watched
0: it when I was a kid. and uh, Yes! it's a, if, you're, if you're not from Canada, it's a political... Comedy sketch show that's been on since 1972?
1: 73. 73. 46 years. Yeah. And the name is a spoof of the Royal Canadian Air Force. That's which right. Which is the name or the former name of our air people, our air army. Yeah. that now they're called the Canadian Air Army. Do you think that like a, an air general in 1973, when he heard that there was a comedy show called the Air Force... Like, like he went to the prime minister and was like, this won't stand. They're making fun of us. They're, uh, people won't respect the military. It, Yeah,
0: those guys are famously uh, sensitive. Yes. It's very possible. Who knows? We're probably lucky that, uh, you know, the CBC building wasn't, uh,
1: you know, bombed. Bombed, by, yeah. By a jet. In some countries, you can't make fun of the military so brazenly. Without paying the ultimate price.
0: That's right. We're lucky we live here where you can.
1: Yes, I have a number of podcasts
0: making fun of the military. Really?
1: Sure. Yeah. Care to uh, let me know about
0: some? Oh, yeah. sure. Uh, militia, ha ha ha. <laughs> and I just uh, goof on what's going on with the military and the militia, you know? ha ha ha. Yeah. Nice. Militia,
1: ha ha ha. Yes. Download it. Well, I heard an interview with Don Ferguson from the Air Force who was reflecting on his 46 years on the airwaves mm-hmm. and he he dropped a bombshell that I couldn't believe. I had to pick my jaw up off the ground. Hmm. He told me that instead of the Air Force, they they briefly considered and they almost called themselves the Jest Society. Hmm. Which is which is a pun on an idea of Pierre Trudeau's uh called the Just Society. Okay. So they were. I not sure not that af- one would have held up too well. But these guys were not afraid to f- to humiliate institutions, James. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I agree. And uh, they go off the air. We won't see Lubagoy playing uh, Yoko Ono or Rita McNeil or Don Ferguson playing um, Lucienne Bouchard or Bob Dylan anymore. End of an era. Mm-hmm. End of an era.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, my next, my bitch of 2019 was, 2019 was the first time we actually were able to take a picture of a black hole. Oh, yeah, the first ever photo of a black hole, yeah. Yeah, it's called um, the inside of my wallet when I'm at the strip club. <laughs> uh, so that's just really? a joke there oh i was just trying to make a joke about it right. oh
1: an empty black hole i spend so much money at strip clubs And so. you, do you just to be clear with the listeners and me actually mm. do you spend a lot of money at at strip clubs on a weekly no
0: basis? i don't yeah of course i do yeah everybody with money does mike
1: what do you think we do sit at home and knit well i didn't think you sat at home and did that but 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 what is the actual story did nasa get a snapshot of an actual black hole
0: it's not a snapshot michael but yes they took a photo of a black hole and what's a black hole it just sucks everything around it um it is a star that is uh, imploded upon itself and its gravity is so intense that it sucks everything within it including light and uh who
1: knows They, they think they could be portals to reminds me of a rumor i heard about you Oh, very funny. Um, I'm only joking. I I shouldn't have said that on
0: New Year's Eve. There's a big black hole at the center of the galaxy. Look, there's the black hole. See? First ever picture of one. Oh, looking good. Yeah, it's actually looking really good. Damn. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, does, does it have a sister? Uh- <laughs> the black hole. <laughs> the ironic thing is, if you did try to have sex with it, you'd be torn to shreds.
1: Well, I'm not. Well, sure. we don't actually I, know what would
0: happen, but you'd, you.
1: Yeah, maybe yeah. you'd have a maybe you'd have a wonderful time. It's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving along to my final um by bitch thought for 2019, mm-hmm. and this is a happy one. I decided. I said, you know what, Michael, you've had a happy one, a, a sad one. Let's end on a happy one. Uh, like a uh, I guess it's a sad sandwich. If the happy okay. ones are slices of bread and the sad is the meat and the. Hmm. middle so my last thing is 2019 for me was all about jay burishel's rbc ads okay you couldn't turn on the tv or pass by a screen without seeing this this guy um doing these ads for rbc and if you're not from canada let me explain what that is rbc is the royal bank of canada it's one of our major banks in this country and over the past year jay burishel it starred in a series called RBC Take 20, it's a campaign which uses, uh, I'll, I'll read from the copy here, a mix of comedy and honesty to position the financial services company as relevant and approachable in a crowded, and sometimes overly earnest, advertising category. The description alone kicks ass. Yeah?
0: Yes. That that sounds awesome. Yeah, those commercials are fucking great. Like, People
1: cheer when they come on. Yeah, it's, yes.
0: they're funny, they're interesting, and it's cool that... He, you know, he's kind of got this like um anti-establishment image a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. cool
1: that he he's bringing that to to Royal Bank. I heard an interview with him. now he's a Canadian, right? A lot of Canadians, they do well in Hollywood and they mm-hmm. oh they move to Hollywood forever. You never see them around Canada anymore. Mm-hmm. Like off the top of my head, um someone like uh Nathan, Nathan Fielder, Fielder, right? Turned his back on Canada. Yep. Not so with Jay Jay still lives in Canada, famously, and I heard an interview with him. And they were like, "Why, Jay? Why do you live when you, when you could live on Sunset Boulevard?" Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, "It's because of uh, RBC. I like to live when you're RBC." He stayed in Canada because of the Royal Bank of that's
0: Canada. Cool. That's Isn't cool. that interesting? That's a great impression, by the way. Thank you. Uh, no, that's super sick, and the campaign is super sick. Yeah, and I love, I love what they're doing there, and yeah. uh, it's just. It's awesome.
1: It'd be nice to see Nathan Fielder do an ad for a Canadian bank. Yeah, although I'm not holding my breath. I know. I,
0: I agree. I'm really disappointed in him. It Doesn't have to be RBC. It could be TD. Sco- imagine a Scotia Bank ad. Scotia Bank. You know, Nathan could be out in Halifax. You know, maybe uh, with a with a nor'easter on and rubber boots and go. Uh, Sorry, in Nova Scotia. What what what's fun to do here? And then, well, well, actually, this is the origin of Scotia Bank. And you know, like it could have been something like that. Uh, anyway, he, he just goes to Scotia Bank, HBO, and Comedy
1: Central. He can help Scotia Bank improve its business, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. his whole show. Anyway, all right.
0: On to my final shout out to Nathan. Yeah. On to my final. Bye, beach. Oh, I and like that. Thank you. <laughs> and my final one is a, on a sad note: um, the tragic suicide. We all remember that happened this year. Um, really raised raised awareness of, about mental health. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about the, the suicide of Jeffrey Epstein in his jail cell. Just
1: kidding!
0: Uh, he Everyone thinks he was murdered. Maybe by the oh Clintons. God. Maybe by Trump. You had Maybe me by there. Prince Andrew.
1: You had me there for a second. I thought you were saying... Imagine if... Do you think that uh, Bill Clinton... Is responsible and for the murder of, of of Jeffrey Epstein. Just imagine this: it's like Mission Impossible. He's like <laughs> Tom Cruise. He's rappelling down the side of that jail in Manhattan, mm. and he sneaks in. I wish he... I didn't have that last hamburger. <laughs> and he sprays like sleeping gas in the faces of yes. the guards yes. who famously fell asleep. Yep. And he disables the the security camera, mm-hmm. and he tries to he gets into the cell.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely possible. I, you know, I don't think he'd leave it in the hands of someone else. I think he'd want to take care of this himself.
1: Maybe, or maybe he was accompanied by Prince Andrew.
0: Oh yes. Uh,
1: do you do you, do you think um
0: do you think the sleeping gas will work, Bill? Bit better. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Just leave that.
1: Bill, I can't sneak through those jail cell bars. Maybe you need to lose a little weight. Mm-mm.
0: Yeah, that's possible.
1: That's possible. That was crazy. Uh, that was crazy. Listeners, what do you think about the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Be sure to tweet us at LT Podmes.
0: It's interesting. He was a he was like a, a billionaire. Nobody knows how he how he got the billions. And I think it was the president or head of Victoria's Secret <laughs> gave him a, a mansion in Manhattan. Isn't that right? Common story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, that's the end of the segment we call.
1: Bye, bitch.
0: So, uh, before we move on to our guest, oh, we want to thank everybody so much who gave to our Patreon this Merci. year. Thank you so much. Uh, come twenty twenty, we're gonna add exclusive bonus episodes for the patrons. And please, if you're interested,
1: please help us out. We know we've let things slide, and we are we couldn't feel worse. We feel I feel terrible. I hate myself because we let things slide. But we are going to make sure there's bonus material in 2020. Please visit us at patreon.com slash landlord
0: tenant. And I think that's a good way to let, to let the patrons know we're sorry we missed some bonus content, is to really underline how much you hate yourself because of it. I hate myself. As for James... I love myself, but you don't need us both to hate ourselves. You just need one to get the point. And I'm taking a hit for the team. Mike's Opus day style, whipping his back every morning. Um, Drinking castor oil to make myself sick. Yeah. Uh, And all because he feels bad. I feel terrible. Um, Well, Mike, I guess that's the end of our little intro here. Perhaps we should take a break and come back with our guest.
1: Yes, and welcome back, everybody, to our spectacular year in review, twenty nineteen, bye bye, bitch episode. <laughs> um, we have a great guest. He's a returning champion. I'll, I'll say he is a podcaster. He is a journalist. He is a talk show host, and he's a he's a, he's my friend, and he's James's friend. Please
3: welcome Vishkana. Oh, Mike, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. It's nice to be back on the show. We kept the seat warm for you. Oh, yes, it feels warm, like a toilet seat almost. Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: it's actually just a sort of a weird couch. There's something wrong There's with it. Oh. There's the a heat oh, spot. There's a heat yeah, spot. We don't not... know what...
1: Some people think... I've had an exorcist in, because uh, they thought there was a, a spirit there making it warm. Sometimes ghosts can make uh, cushions warm, but
3: um, we don't know what it is. Yeah, That's very disturbing to me. You think it might actually be a ghost or a spirit? I just thought it was pleasantly warm. Could
1: be. Well, we'll never know. And part of me doesn't want to spoil
3: the uh, the mystery.
0: If it's Mike's apartment, there's probably some tortured spirit in here. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's okay. true. As
3: long as I don't need to go to the doctor. I, yes. I'm worried about these sensations. But anyway. Never go to the doctor.
1: But you are an expert in popular culture. Is
3: it fair to say? I think that's absolutely fair to say, yeah.
1: You have your podcast creative control. You uh, write m- about music and comedy and film for Exclaim? Yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah, Exclaim Magazine here in Canada, yeah. Exclaim
1: Magazine right here in Canada. Yeah,
3: exclaim.ca for those of you who want to check it out. I'm just going to promote their website. Absolutely, Exclaim. get it out there. We'll put a link in the Sure, in the a link would be helpful.
1: So we th- were thinking, what better way to uh, ring in the new year and say goodbye to 2019 than by having a thorough
3: review of the year in pop culture <laughs> right okay uh, and i would
0: say the decade too and the
1: decade
3: yes oh man okay so a lot of memory jogging here for me yeah, yeah. And literally in the hot seat Oh yes, quite yeah. literally. Okay. All right, there's
1: there's Go. more to consume in popular culture than ever.
3: Do Co- you think that makes it difficult to consume any of it? Sometimes mm. I think that You're so, we're so overwhelmed by having to be on top of every single thing. Uh, yes. When you put I like- on
0: Netflix, there's like there's a movie with Meryl Streep. Like I haven't heard of this. There's Which so movie? much. There's some new movie with Meryl Streep and I don't know some other people. I'm like, damn, I'm not gonna watch this. Well, like, well,
3: just, to be f- too much. To be fair, James, Meryl Streep does appear in many movies. I mean, well, like, that's true. Yeah, she's a very busy actress. Oscar, Oscar winning. In fact, not only nominated, she was one.
1: Oscar winning. Now you said the word Oscar, and I'd, I'd hate to begin this conversation on a a downbeat, oh. but uh, it did remind me of Oscar the Grouch Muppet, who was also played by Big Bird actor um carol spinney who yes we just
3: lost yes yes as we're speaking that is a fresh loss yes that's now were you, you couldn't sesi-
0: start a year in review without without that <laughs> well, being the first thing it's
3: odd to start with the in memoriam of a the puppeteer big in this inter- year is that big bird the big headline of the decade in pop culture is that big bird died sorry it is uh it's a hard one to take uh you know lots of childhood memories coming uh flooding back to me right now Oh, was big bird or oscar well i'm trying to you know okay let me just say this psychologically, mm-hmm. Mike. You seem like a big bird person. James, I'd say you're more of an Oscar the Grouch. I'm fine with that. You're not okay with that? Absolutely. Some people would be offended. Some people would be offended. That means you live
1: in the, you know, virtual trash. Filth.
0: Filth and refuse. Yes. You know what? I understand the human condition, uh, and I'm happy with that. I'm fine, you know, I'm fine making money and uh, living in the filth. Was, he, was Oscar that Oscar was character? rich, yeah.
3: I, I, was he actually wealthy? I mean, he lived Didn't in you ever a... see down inside the uh, garbage can? He had indoor pool. No, no, wait a minute. What kind of vantage point did you have that we didn't, that you could see inside the garbage well, can?
0: Well, there was a special PBS, if you paid more, where you could see oh, inside see. the garbage can. That seems, that seems can. about right.
1: And James, I, it's not nice to think about, but James often will just offer like, oh, did you know this fact about Oscar? He was also very well endowed well um, endowed that's i did what James not know yeah.
3: so what was he so grouchy about he should have been exactly scary. right I, I will ask you this as we wrap up 2019 are we as a society more of a big bird culture or an oscar the grouch culture mm. i think i would i i deign to say it we're more oscar than big bird i think
1: overall I with the rise of right-wing populism I think you're right. I was thinking...
0: Oscar world. Oscar world. Po- Post-World War II, would this be the worst decade? Because we, the world oh. is going to end. Hmm. I feel like no good movies come out anymore, barely. Yes. There's good TV. I mean, yes. I don't know. Music seems to suck, too, now, I think. Mm-hmm. This is a bad decade, Just right? Like after
1: World War II, all those superhero movies came out. and uh,
3: <laughs> Right. and That's uh, right. I remember that boom. That was a weird boom. Where all oh, the Captain America, I believe, came out right yeah. after World yeah. War II. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I uh, I would concur with you, James. I think this is the worst decade since World War II. Now, I haven't lived through all of them, uh, and mm. and it would depend where you live. I'm sure that's people, true. Yes, some yes. people in, um, let's say, Iraq, they might think the 90s were the worst. I'm it, just picking a place at random. Okay, at random, right. but that that does make sense. Yeah. yeah. For us, though, you know, uh, you know, being in this. By the way, the apartment's looking a little bit better than the last time I was here. I have to say that's, that's good, Mike. Yeah, yeah. If you're, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. It's better. But Thank I will you. say, for us in relative comfort, it, it, I believe it has been the worst time uh, of my life in terms of the existence of you know badness. Well, that didn't come out <laughs> right at all. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Can I ask a question on the, yes, on, of course, on yes. this
1: subject? Yes. Some people say that um, you know bad times make for good art. Right. Do you believe
3: that, or do you think that th- that that idea is wrong i think it's quite wrong uh i think that uh you know it's a self uh, fulfilling prophecy i think if you're uh, uh as the, you know as artists as all of the three of us are mm-hmm. i think we know that we are actually leading the way in terms of how uh society and culture functions and so i think society and uh, people think art is a reflection of society and culture i disagree I think society and culture, reflection of the art we make. And so the three of us, angry, Mm. uh, agitated, uh, upset all the time, (laughs) leaders, leaders in this country Mm -hmm. uh, in in terms of cultural production, I think we we owe the populace, uh, population, I should say, uh, something better than what we're putting out there. So when rock got really
0: aggressive, like stained and limp biscuit, do you think that affected the world and made, maybe that was the start of things going wrong, if you think art affects Mm. the world. Are you stained know, responsible for the rise of Le Donald biscuit. Trump and
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
3: oh absolutely I think you're you're hitting the nail uh, firmly on the head mm. I, I think that's actually correct yeah mm. I think that's true it's a dumb time right everyone thinks it's a a dumber time and those uh, artists you cited I think uh, you know they I, inspired a generation of people to be dumb they ushered in the the era of dumb don't even you you mentioned Usher there I don't don't get me started on Usher he I did discovered
1: it, Bieber. Did it.
3: That's right. Did it, did it. He did. Disco- that's did- an usher song. Oh, okay. Anyway, he did discover Justin Bieber. That's true. He did. Yes, he did. Usher yeah. discovered Bieber. So I think uh, <laughs> that's really the the starting point. That's ground zero. Are- right? Now,
1: if you were Put yourself in Justin Bieber's parents' shoes, so you're you got an 11 year old boy or 10 year old boy who's just singing on YouTube, and suddenly a grown man <laughs> sends a message saying,
3: "I really like your son. I would like to." I would like to help you. Yes.
1: How would you react? Because you're a you're a parent.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't react well. <laughs> I, I certainly I certainly wouldn't uh, uh, suggest, you know respond to the message in any kind of affirmative way. I would. Yeah, uh, right. I, would I would. I would call the authorities. Yes. Uh, and uh, in this case, uh, maybe the authorities would be members of the Recording Academy of whatever country I was in to say, like, "What do you do? This guy is bad news, and he needs to be expelled, canceled." I
0: think, I'm pretty sure Bieber's dad is kind of a
2: goof.
3: Like I or remember no, he's not a good person from what I understand, yeah. I like, don't he's know kind personally. of
0: part of his crew. Like, he, I think he helped or Bieber was gonna do a street racing, like illegal street racing in Miami, and his dad, like, helped set it up and yeah, stuff. His
3: dad is a man child. Uh, 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 the, yeah, the ugly side of the Bieber thing is that he, we, you know, he's a young man struggling, and his parents are also young people, I think, struggling, relatively mm. speaking. I think they, I think they had him when they were quite young, and, um, uh, yeah, I I I must say this is the most I've ever thought about or spoken of <laughs> Justin Bieber. Well,
1: uh, cuz we're not I'm, done I'm yet. We've gotten right I'm, to it. kind Big-ber. of
3: making it, I'm just these are glimmer You know what's so funny is the media landscape is such that I'm I'm speaking to you about Justin Bieber and I sound authorial, don't I? Yes, and you do. It's just from like tweets, just peripheral information that I glanced at headlines, <laughs> well that must be who these people are and I've never met them. They might be totally fine. Maybe he just screwed up. Yeah. You know, I don't know.
1: Do you think just as a last uh, as a to put a to tie a bow on this Bieber conversation Bieber bow, yeah. on our 2019 year in review episode? <laughs> do you think that Usher, R&B star, has ever met Justin Bieber's dad and do you think he's like,
2: "Hmm,
3: Justin, your dad's a loser." <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he has. Absolutely. I'm sure anyone who's encountered Justin Bieber's dad. Based again on Peripheral information at right. best. You that can I have. imagine
1: a
0: dude from Strat—it's Stratford, right? Yes, he's Stratford, from Ontario. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. What's wrong with Str- wait
1: a minute?
3: You no, no, I just on mean
1: Stratford all no, of a no. Hey, no. usher, can I bomb a uh, off? Yeah, up? I just mean uh-huh. there's there's
0: maybe a kind of goofy guy from a small town, Ontario. Yeah. I could imagine Bieber's dad might be like. Usher, yeah. couldn't you spot me like twenty bucks to get some
1: <laughs> some food?
0: Is that how he talks? Have you? I imagine of, he's a hoser. <laughs> a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That
3: sounds like how he might talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin, is usher mad at me?
2: <laughs> <laughs> he won't return my friggin' emails. <laughs>
3: Was Justin Bieber a? a key character in 2019 how did we mm. end up talking about Justin he got Peter? married to alec baldwin's uh niece and he grew up uh, rather they settled i should say uh near my hometown of cambridge ontario what he lives there he lives like in puss which is like a little I, area i'm shocked he, he has any canadian no no roots he bought like a giant i didn't even know this place existed and i'm from there but i don't pay attention to what's going on in cambridge yeah he bought some mansion what in Cam- near cambridge ontario why
1: would you if you're that rich Moved to the countryside in Ontario. It's, well, it's he's... lovely,
0: Michael. Elton John has a place near where I grew up True. with his husband. Is that right? He does. Yeah. Well, that's what everyone in the town says.
3: Hmm. Well, they might just be making that up. They might be. But well, I've that's heard a good rumor. Everybody to start.
0: says it though. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, like I could point to you the house on Highway Ten.
3: He, Elton mm. John has been uh, making the rounds in Canada. That was a story of 2019. Yes. Showing up at record stores. Yes. And, uh, going into the autograph line. Was think... it his goodbye tour? Yes, it's his farewell tour. His apparently, three-year keeps... farewell tour. He keeps extending it because. It's doing so well. Um, yeah, have you read
1: the the uh, autobiography? Me, is it called the Elton John book that came no, out this there's year?
3: No, there would be no reason for me to do that. I can't think of a purpose <laughs> in my life why I would read the Elton John autobiography. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. Say now, when about, we
1: asked you to be on the show, yeah, sorry, I know uh, I'm a came with some expert.
3: conditions. One of them was you had to read the Elton John autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> so I, there's certain things I can't consume uh, in a timely enough manner. You know, he's a guy who, uh, in the 70s, everyone said he was the best songwriter going. Mm-hmm. And then as the 80s and 90s rolled on, he just became so, I don't know, omnipresent that you just kind of took him for granted as a songwriter. I can't think of a new Elton John song. I think he had a couple of hits this uh, century, didn't he?
0: Well, the video with uh, Justin, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, right, uh, who's been on this show.
3: Train don't stop. That, that yeah, was pretty good. Eminem yeah. as well. Didn't they do a collab? Oh. Well, that was at the Grammys,
2: yes. That's embarrassing. That was like 40
3: years ago. <laughs> that was an odd situation there where uh, Eminem was being accused of homophobia. Mm. And to uh, to dissuade people from thinking that, he appeared on television with Elton John and all was forgiven. Now all he's, was forgiven. Now he's a saint. Everyone thinks Eminem is beyond, uh, you know, whatever. Maybe the
0: twenty the headline for the 2010s was the decade where Eminem became less famous.
1: And then sort of came back. Yes. Uh, He gained... So he he became less famous. He became much heavier. (laughs) Then he lost a bit of weight, and he did a song on the uh, Venom soundtrack, and I believe released another album. I saw him on SNL last year. Very forgettable. So you're here. You're a pop culture expert. Yeah. Some would say you are... Canada's number one expert on pop
3: culture. Who would say that?
1: What are the movies of the <laughs> decade, and what's the best movie of all time?
3: <laughs> okay, so I'll go in wow. reverse order. The best, Or the movie mo- of the year. The also. best movie of all time is probably The Godfather Part Two, okay. followed by Jaws. Uh, and then... Um, Both
1: movies about Italians.
3: Yes, the Italian shark, Bruce... <laughs> Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then... um, Mario uh, Puzo's Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) The Jaws Father. That is actually my dream uh, hybrid uh, remake is I want to make a movie about a Mafia Don that's a shark. Um, Yeah, I, I think those are the best movies of the decade. Well, geez, that is a memory jog. I uh was Forrest Gump this decade no, or was, it was that early? Absolutely not. That was ninety four, I wanna say, and it beat up Pulp Fiction to win the <coughs> Academy Award for Best Film of the Year, which is an odd when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, it makes you realize how meaningless those awards are mm. and pointless. I uh I have to say, uh, like a lot of people, um, you know, all of our cultural industries are suffering because people aren't leaving their homes mm-hmm. to go to the movies anymore. Um People often cite the price points. Uh, mm-hmm. I will tell you that I have stopped going to the movies pretty much altogether, except I take my kids to like the kids' movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but I don't go to I like I used to. Uh, I would be there on. I, we mentioned uh, did we mention that in this conversation? Brain Candy. I don't know how that came <laughs> up, but at one point you we were the three of us were just spitballing about the kids in the hall film. Yes, Brain Candy, and I remember distinctly going probably within days of it opening, <laughs> if not the day it opened. And I used to be Coen Brothers film. Tarantino, whoever I would I would go to the theater, and I do not do that at all now. And it's not because of the price point uh, or the the fact that the movies are often too loud for my uh, aging ears, or or the popcorn being bad for you, and all those things. It's because I don't like people, (laughs) and people at the movies are the worst. Yes, Uh, they have to make a. This is how far we've crumbled. The announcements at the beginning of the movies when we were younger were like, "Stay tuned for the previews." Yes, that's it. Now they're like, "Hey." probably should turn your phone off Mm -hmm. maybe not a good idea to talk on your phone during the film it would be a good idea to not do your taxes on your phone uh, during the climax of this film you're about to see like all sorts of messages where you're like oh my god we are idiocracy like we are so far gone that they have to put a thing for the general populace like you should have to it's getting to the point before you enter a public space you should have to fill out a survey or a test and I I'm I know this sounds terrible, but I'd stopped going because I couldn't handle that people were talking during the right. film, and I I so I don't know what everything's. I, I know we stream everything, and and people don't buy want to pay for any cultural, uh, you know. Maybe you uh, need to get those VIP tickets where you have your own little theater, keep out the riffraff. Well, yeah, yeah. see that's that's totally your speed, James. Yeah. I could see. I mean, I don't know why anyone would do that but i could see you doing that yeah, for sure get uh, wine
0: served to you hello yeah. roast beef dinner get some uh... <laughs> now,
3: having ranted the way i've just done do i sound whiny and terrible as a person to say these things or no i wonder if i'm wrong to think that i have so i'm a hopeful person i'm you a beatles expressing... fan i'm a beatles, You're a fan. beatles fan okay yeah. well i will
1: say you were expressing some Intense Garfield energy. Now he's a character <laughs> that is very—you know—he doesn't not, not much gets him excited, not much frankly gets him out, yes. out of bed. Maybe I am. And he's pretty—he's pretty negative, mm. but at the same time, very popular. A billionaire, I believe. <laughs> the cat? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, okay. he sold a lot of—he lo- moved a lot of b- books and stuffed animals.
3: So, I yeah. used to read Garfield so I would collect it. They put the—you know—did you ever have Garfield? I used to—I yes. used to think the comics were funny. I, I had every volume. I had. Yeah, like I would people, buy those little horizontal books from the. Me book club. too. people so make what fun is the of them best now, but...
1: Garf? Who were the best Garfield characters of tw- uh, the decade?
3: <laughs> of the decade? Uh, well, Odie, uh, I would think is. Uh, I liked John. He's just yeah, this loser. Yeah, John lives was, alone. Yeah, has got a cat and a dog. Do you relate
1: to John, Mike? <laughs> I, I mean, in a way, we. I like the way the guy dresses, and I try and emulate
3: that. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Yeah, he's all right. Is he, is
1: John, do they, where is Garfield set? Is it set in California or where is it?
3: I don't believe they got <laughs> too far into the, as you recall, mm-hmm. they were primarily these three panel yes. comics and yeah. I don't think they were, we were able to delve was too it much. Was it on Earth? It wasn't like Game no, of Thrones. No, I'm not sure if it was on Earth. Yeah. It's, it's not I,
0: like in a Game of Thrones or a fantasy novel where the first page is a map. Of, <laughs> you know, right, where, exactly. The
3: first page of every Garfield book shows yeah, It's, <laughs>
1: it's where, like Middle yeah. Earth, <laughs> where yeah. they live.
3: Actually, the, the G in GPS stands for Garfield, so I don't know why we should, we, we, we weren't aware of that at the time. No, I... Uh, okay, let's go... I'm sorry, I, I took us on no. an ugly tangent. So, favorite movies of the decade. Uh, right away, I'll start with The Irishman. Oh, uh, wow. Martin. Wow, what a movie. What Did a Did you see that
1: in one sitting... Or did you break it up and chop it up into different pieces? You know, that
3: I saw that people were trying to make it into like a little mini-series. Fools. Someone was trying to divide it up into quarters, at least. Uh, I will admit that I, uh, just because I'm so tired all the time, I think the only reason I chopped it up into two parts was because I had to go to sleep. Like, I, right. I just, I started it so late that I kind of heard that it was long, but I started it, and it was compelling. And, and weirdly, I went down, not unlike Jimmy Hoffa, I went down a hole uh trying to learn about Jimmy Hoffa and uh and the Teamsters and and sheer thing to, like a quick google yeah, in the middle yeah, yeah just like oh this is very interesting and the theories about you know the Jimmy Hoffa disappearance I tried to make a little pun there about being in a hole because mm. there were all these rumors that he was buried in giant stadium and yes. and, and you know was uh, exterminated that way but i you read all the theories about Jimmy Hoffa and then you see the film and they just just wholeheartedly went for one theory that uh, yes. that is uh, reflected in a, a book about frank sheeran and anyway i um you know i thought it was a uh, i enjoyed it very much Uh, i think there were some extra long scenes and things that didn't need to happen and i would have changed a lot of it uh to make it better uh at the same time i thought it was quite strong
1: do you think that they should have made that martin scorsese should have changed the ending or a specific part of the ending where instead of executing jimmy hoffa spoiler alert Mm -hmm. frank sheeran's dead He's like, get in the car, and they sneak off together. Oh, I love and that. They go, and they, they go to Mexico. They travel to to Europe, and they just have a nice time together because they're best friends.
3: They don't really explain why. I think you're right on the money with that. They could that. have
1: invented something
0: in the 70s. They could like, have invented they something. They invest in Apple computers. Mm-hmm. Like, well,
3: we're
1: millionaires now. They hey,
3: definitely had a... You're
1: my best friend, Jimmy. Yeah. You're my best friend, Frank. <laughs> and, then, and then
3: roll... Yeah, yeah, just fade to black. Yeah, I think you're right. They definitely had like more of a Thelma and Louise dian- dynamic. I didn't really understand why Frank uh, felt compelled to betray him. It is what it is. Like, what does that even mean? What mm-hmm. I don't understand. It is. It is what it is. Is that what they said? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, that was the that was the death. The sentence. message. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I mean, and and Pacino, uh, you know, because he gets a lot of flack for being Al Pacino these days. Uh, I find, yeah. And, but he is Al Pacino, and I mean, I don't know what's going on at HBO. Uh, have you? Fo- we were talking about films from the decades and uh, from the past decade, and I have HBO still. We still pay for the
1: congratulations.
3: Yeah, it's we're doing okay, my wife and I, and so we have the HBO. And if you're if you're in terms of reruns, it'll be uh, Paterno, uh, it'll be uh, 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 Phil Spector. Like so, Pacino is just on contract with HBO for every biopic about a terrible person and so they get him to play these different characters Do you think that... he's too
1: old to play Epstein? Uh... <laughs> that is the eternal question
3: Get on the jet! <laughs> this is an amazing island Now that's a young person Ooh! <laughs> oh.
0: Can I throw out one more movie thought? Yes. Because when you were saying before, I never go to the movies anymore. This year, I, I saw three movies in the in the theater, and I was like, oh my god, I feel like I haven't seen a movie like this in the theater in so long, and it was really fun. Uh, Midsummer, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and uh, and uh, the Korean one, Para?
3: Parasite. Parasite. Right. I did go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I in the really theater.
0: loved them all. And they were really cool in theater.
3: You thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was good? Yes, I really liked it. Huh. But I could see people I could not see having some issues. I will say, like you know, I'm a huge fan of Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great film. Was this supposed to be some kind of weird alternate universe version of inglorious bastards because it had a lot of the same scenes and imagery mm. the pacing was the same uh the revisionist history thing was yeah. very similar the the execution scene at the end was very similar and i thought this guy is out of ideas that's what i mm. thought brad pitt even was playing a very similar kind of character in a sense something is up with him and uh, very
1: good shape, Brad. Pitt. Oh, he looks amazing. amazing.
3: Oh, yeah, he's yeah. tremendous. If that's why you like the movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can understand it. And I like uh, Margot Robbie. Like I, playing mm-hmm. Sharon Tate was great, uh, although she barely spoke. As it was very controversial, actually. That
1: same with the Irishman. People are like, "How come they only gave Anna uh, on Paquin, uh, you know, one line?" I
3: thought that was for an effect mm-hmm. that she was the gaze. She was gazing at her father in mm. a way that we were gazing at her father, yeah. and that she when she. Uh, basically, disowns him and has this uh, moral, you know, disappointment she's with like, him.
1: Did you? She's basically saying in those looks she's giving uh, Robert De Niro, she's like, "Did you? I know you killed him, and why? Uh, have have you been digitally? Why does your face look like that? <laughs> Why does your face look so yeah.
3: different? Yeah, digitally. Yeah, I'm sure that's what she was thinking for sure. That is a good point, and that is an interesting plot device.
1: So I heard that Quentin Tarantino's next historical like revisionist movie is is about JFK oh. where um it's uh, Samuel L. Jackson pushes JFK out of the way just before the bullet hits him, <laughs> and then they go and party together in Mexico,
3: and then they go to Europe, and they have oh, fun. Wow, this that's a real cool, theme in your Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, th- I heard he was doing Star Wars, or Star Trek or something?
3: Yeah, that's a rumor. And um, Tarantino? Yeah, yeah, imagine. He wants to bring back the Kill Bill thing. I think uh, he also had a famous thing where he would only make, what was it, 10 movies? 10 movies, movies yeah. yeah. So this was number 9? Yeah, he's almost done, apparently, and I think that might be for the best. I'm sorry, I mm. watched it, and my friend really liked it too mm. and I'm a big uh, Manson fan. I like all things about Charles Manson. I thought he did some interesting things. Including stuff. murdering Well uh... I mean to be fair he didn't really murder anyone. He okay. just told people to go take care of some business and they that's did what that, they did.
1: That's a thing that people like to point out like um actually did you know I mean you probably wouldn't know this but Charles Manson himself didn't personally murder right. anyone <laughs> was this... he sent his uh his followers. Right. I think it's I think it's good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I all I'm getting at is I as a young person read a lot about the Charles Manson family. Helter Skelter. Yes, of mm. course. I read Charles Manson's autobiography, and I just really immersed... I don't know what my parents were doing, <laughs> but I spent a lot of time reading these kinds of books and, and articles and interviews, and I would watch everything on A&E. Remember A&E when we were... Do yeah. you have A&E? Okay. It was always they would have Nazis like
1: the, or serial killers. Or, yeah, exactly, or always.
3: Mm. And so you, I'm damaged because of it, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm fine. You guys are safe. I just feel like I don't... Well, I don't know why I engage with that, so I, I guess I was always interested in the, uh, you know, how far the human mind could go in terms of, like, the music people make and everything. I'm just like, mm. oh, the limits of of humanity are interesting. So you
0: probably felt that way about the Avengers Endgame 1 and
3: 2, just like, this is as far as <laughs> movies can go. Yeah, I, I don't mean... know that I saw them. What about Scorsese saying that those aren't really movies? What did you guys think of that? That was interesting. I, I My jaw hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard anyone say that before, or think that before. All this to say, I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, was boring. Mm. And yeah. uh, I thought it was a lot of long scenes. And You're not the only guest on this show who has expressed that opinion. Okay, good. Who else? Am I in good company or bad?
1: Um, good company, yes. Everyone we have on the show is good company. I don't remember either. who said that. Um, do you think that... <laughs> Let's segue out of this. <laughs> do you think that they should make... A, Quentin Tarantino should make a sequel to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that shows what happened at the very end of Manson's life? When and We talked about this in a few episodes mm. ago. At the end of his life, while he was in prison in his 80s, he became engaged to a much younger woman. Yeah,
3: that's right. And then
1: he had his heart broken, and he called off the wedding at the last minute. Poor guy, he's no longer with us because he found out that this woman... Maybe didn't love him, and mm. she just wanted to get to like gain possession of his corpse when he died, so that she could have it stuffed and then take it around on tour and make money off of it. Is there are there elements of truth to that last part? I yes, is that what she intended to do? She wanted to, to gain possession of his corpse legally and then like profit off of it. Wow, and I think Tarantino could make a hell of a movie out of that yeah
3: I, th- I mean you just did the spec script for him right there i think we're good to go
1: and Manson's like he's sitting he's 87 years old crying in his cell and his mm-hmm. cellmates like charles charles what's the matter and he's like i got my heart broken <laughs> well, there's really, other
0: fish in the sea charles you've really thought about this that's then, <laughs> interesting
3: yeah that's interesting
1: and his cellmate picks him up and says you are charles manson You don't, uh, you're you're better than her.
3: You're better than her. Yeah, of course. Of course, that would be the line. You're better than her. You're Charles Manson. (laughs) That could be on the poster. Yeah, that's right there. That might be the title. You're better than her. You see his old
1: face with the swastika engraved in it and a tear.
3: I can't imagine being an older person generally, you know, just all the stuff you have to do to get yourself out of bed. But to ha- to be an 87-year-old and have to carve a swastika in your head mm, as routinely yeah. as those of us who have that's to That's why shave, you have kids, so that they can do it for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a, okay. How about that? That's another weird connection. What are they doing in Glorious Bastards? They carve swastikas in people's foreheads. Oh, Next yeah. movie Tarantino makes... The guy who basically made that the most famous thing in the world, the carve a swastika in your head.
2: I'm telling you, man, I feel like uh, all of this would
3: be intriguing in terms of Easter egg kind of stuff, but I just, I don't know. I'll have to watch it again. Maybe I was, sometimes I don't like movies and I think it's just because of me. Maybe I was in a bad mood. You know what?
0: I don't remember Inglorious Bastards too
3: well. Oh, seen I think it, that's a but classic. Maybe
0: that is why I didn't have that reaction because it wasn't, I didn't remember it.
3: Okay. Super well. So, Mold Breaker. So, Glorious Bastards was a different kind of Tarantino film, and this whole idea of watching this ostensibly cartoonish version of uh, historical. You know, telling of uh, historical moments, and then to have it end so spectacularly—you mm-hmm. don't remember this? There was the whole. I scene. do remember. Yeah, they get Hitler. Even yes, that's right. And even there's a, a reference to it in uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. where DiCaprio plays the Nazi killer hunter, right? With the flames he's up on a balcony yeah, yeah. and he, he extinguish. He, you know, he's firing down on the uh, on the Nazis, and that's a scene ostensibly from *Inglorious Bastards* huh. as well. And so you've got the swastika forehead thing. <laughs> brad pitt there's just a, like i think they and, and the, again uh the revisionist history of like you know how the the murders didn't happen yeah uh you know hitler's killed like so some that I, is a neat idea like i feel like it, it is a cool idea it was a great idea for yeah. Norris bastards i was like oh i did not And see to that make coming. that
0: your thing i think yeah. it's kind of interesting yeah. like i'm gonna retell these things and just, just twist the ending <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool okay
3: well i like the idea too because it really uh fucks up your, Uh, perception of uh, the past because Mm -hmm. now those things are in our heads and when we grow senile we're like no hitler was was killed killed. (laughs) he was dead i don't know what you're talking about i saw
1: quentin tarantino's 9-11 and those
3: (laughs) 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 those buildings never fell (laughs) exactly that's what we're heading for so there's a conspiratorial aspect to them too and i'm Mm -hmm. very worried about the cultural fabric in general because everyone subscribes to some kind of conspiracy theory mm-hmm. and growing up that used to just be my thing. And now I, it's everyone's thing. It's and I don't so like true. it. It went mainstream. I liked when I thought everything was weird.
0: You know what's funny? I think it kind of came full circle because at the beginning of the decade it was like funny to talk about conspiracy theories because it didn't matter and they were just right. silly. Then it became a real thing and dumb people really believed it and it, you know, got scary. Mm -hmm. But then now I feel like it's almost come around again where it's kind of fun to talk about (laughs) Epstein stuff. So it's almost... Fun, It's not fun. fun. It's not a fun subject. But I mean, it's like, I wonder if he was murdered, you know.
3: But that's how screwed up we all are because we don't trust information. And Mm. that's the, you know, that's what the Oscar to Grouch society we live in is all about.
1: I heard a rumor Mm. that Carol Spinney didn't die of natural causes. Oh but that nah, he was um, executed by the state. There's no other way to say it.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, that'll come out in the wash when Tarantino makes a yeah. film about it. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. So anyway. So we've, yeah. we've
1: determined the best movies of the year. Yes. Should we move on to music? We all like music. Oh,
3: yeah. Sure. Uh, it's been
1: quite a decade in music. We've had everything from okay, just a pop, here. I thought we were going to
3: talk about the year interview. You're saying decade Reggae. Now. Reggae, of course. Very popular. What was so the best can...
1: reggae album of the 2010s? Uh.
3: I don't, I don't know off the top of my head because I don't see things in genre. Okay. Oh, so, yes, I, uh, I, I don't. That's the main uh, point here. But if I had to make a guess, uh, I'm sure it would be the Sting and Shaggy album. Uh, that would be the <laughs> yes, album.
1: they did quite they did a album? media blitz when they were wow. on every talk show performing their unlistenable blend of cruise ship (laughs) reggae and light rapping i thought that was an
3: odd given you know they released an album together (coughs) shaggy and sting uh really in the heart of the me too movement Hmm. and i thought it was weird that you had the every breath you take stalker guy paired up with the hey it wasn't me guy i thought that was very awkward and i found it odd Hmm. do you think that instead of
1: applauding them when they performed that the audience should have Dialed nine one one and had the uh, police arrest them. Uh,
3: yeah, I do think that. I firmly think that. And I wish we had a time machine, or or that Tarantino would, you know, um, reshape our past so that we we have that in our memory banks so that that actually occurred, that justice was done when Sting and Shaggy released that that
0: record. So what what what? If you don't mind me yes, asking, what, what would you say? Would your was what were your favorite albums of the year or decade or whatever? you have thought of. Okay,
3: uh, let me think here. So, of the year... um, Well... I don't mean to bring us down, but Mm. I had... No, please, by all means. Well, okay, good. No, I had a a real affection for the uh, Purple Mountains album Mm. uh, by David Berman, uh, who I uh, had come to uh, uh, befriend a little bit over, uh, mostly over email. um, And uh, unfortunately, uh, about four or five weeks after he uh, released his first new music in uh, uh, 11 years or something, it had been... Uh, he took his own life, and um, he was just on the cusp of uh, going on tour for the first time since 2009. Uh, a couple of mass shootings. that He, uh, he was a real—you know, I think patriotism has a weird connotation for people in kind of our realm. You know, we think of these kind of like redneck right-wing people or the patriots. You know, patriotism has been kind of— i guess usurped as a term uh by a certain breed and so the a lot of us who are progressive are like i'm not a patriot you know i don't want to say i'm a patriot but he was a he really cared about his country and his people and 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 in a really generous way like as an artist he really spoke out about uh the injustice because he cared he had to live in the goddamn country you got to care about and it wasn't right
1: wasn't his wasn't his father a like big republican lobbyist yeah he was yes. that is a
3: Interesting thing I didn't know. Yeah, he was a right wing lobbyist and basically invented all of the uh, tactics that the right uses to attack people. So he, so <clears throat> David had all this pain from that. And then, uh, you know, there were some mass shootings that occurred in the days before he was supposed to go on tour across that country. And I really think I don't know enough about. And I, okay, so the other side of it is I spoke to him a month or two earlier for my show, and uh, which is. Bizarre that he did maybe four interviews, and um, you were one of them. And yeah, he did before. like the Washington Post and and the Ringer and some fairly significant outlets. And but when he he had reached out, the reason we connected beyond I was always a fan and I'd interviewed him a couple of times. But I he emailed me in 2015, I think,
1: because
3: oh. I would often ask oh. our mutual friends like, "What's David up to if he ever wants to talk?" And he email he found my email and he emailed me and said, "I'm not going to talk." But if I ever do an interview, you'll be the first one I do. Hmm. And, And, you know, you get his word. He did. He kept his word. So I have a, again, uh, I don't think this is necessarily a downer. It's hopefully a nice story about a guy who had real character, uh, but was also very sick. And uh, so, yeah. So uh, and so uh, that record had come out in June, I want to say, or no, it came out in July. He had sent me the record in the December, December of 2018. Oh, he I said I heard it's I'd heard somewhere that it was done. He's like, "Yeah, here, here's the Dropbox. Here you go." And I was wow. like, "What?" So like the one of the most anticipated records in for, you know, underground music has just handed to me by the artist. So I have a weird um very personal and and David was really kind to me when my mother was sick and was checking in on me and mm. uh, so just a very lovely oh, wow. guy and someone I have admired since I was in high school. Um, so that is a, a, a touching thing for me, uh, and then, um, yeah, so that's right, that's, and I haven't been able to listen to the album since he died, like, mm. I've not been able to listen to the record since August, so, so that, you ask, I'm telling you. I, hey, absolutely, been, straight shooter. Music has been heavy, uh, for me this year in that regard, mm. um, but on a lighter note, the new Ice Cream record is great, uh, from Toronto, I really like oh, that. Well, I've never heard of Carlin
1: them. and, uh, oh! Okay. Yes. What I, I know, Carolyn, Amanda. So
3: sorry. But anyway, their record is uh came out in Toronto and I think it's really special. Uh, huh. I I know James you like uh more of the electronic uh em-
0: I'm a big EDM guy. Yeah,
3: yeah. It's it's straying into that territory. Okay. I like that record a lot. It's probably uh without insulting anyone, it's so fresh to me. I just talked to them recently myself and and I got really into the record, so it's it may, it may be the best record I heard come out of Toronto this year. Maybe I would say I really liked it. Yeah. Um,
1: theater. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> what are the best plays Yum. of the year? Okay. Here, How, what plays come, did you okay,
3: see? I, we're all over the place here. And Fast I, forward. <laughs> I want to say that I actually uh, came strapped because uh, I knew we were going to be reflecting upon the year. I thought. And what a year it's been. Like Twenty nineteen. <laughs> yeah. That's good for you. And um, thank you for framing the conversation <laughs> at this point. I did make a list for Exclaim Magazine, not to promote them, especially about of the top that yeah, thank you very much. Of the top ten comedy moments or people or things of the year. Okay. Sebastian
1: Maniscalco, number one.
3: So I want to know because you guys are comedy experts, you said I'm a pop culture expert, which is frankly mm-hmm. too kind um but i wanted to run my list by you I, I now in terms of the list i also have blurbs i won't read them to you okay i may reference them if i get lost sure but i'm going to just throw some things out at you in in reverse order from 10 to 1 okay. the classic because did categorize james them.
1: you like doing things in reverse from what i from reverse when 69ing yeah
3: reverse 69ing
1: yeah
0: it's it's very complicated so you 96. It almost doesn't make sense. Yeah. You're 96. Yes. Back-to-back, just... back, heads opposite way. Okay. It's very oh, difficult.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> Why? Uh, okay. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. Okay. So here's my number 10. Are you ready? Yes. Fellow on Twitter, Rex Chapman. Do you know who this is? No. No. So Rex Chapman. I've heard of Rex Murphy. Yes. Rex Murphy. Yes. I've never yes. heard of Rex Chapman. Rex Chapman is a former NBA player who, uh, for some reason... Uh, has a penchant for retweeting videos of mostly people in pain he's like the america he's like the new host if twitter had america's funniest home videos this guy would be on it but he also does some very earnest things too but they're just very funny like the accidents are funny his captions are funny (laughs) he was an nba player he was an nba player and he just has this new life as a comedy force like his tweets are retweeted by everyone. Uh, every, like Ice T loves him, wow, for example. Gotta... He just can't handle how funny they are. Oh, wow. So Rex Chapman, I would recommend. Okay, okay. Number nine, the landlord and tenant pod mess. No, no way! Are Are
0: you really on your list? You're number nine. Oh my god! That is one of my so nice
1: downloads are about to spike.
0: Toronto, Toronto
3: comedians. Michael, let me read you my write up here. Toronto comedians Michael Blazzo and James Hartnett get together every week. And what are you, James, browning this for? What are you doing over there? (laughs) Get together every week. Now, this is just my perception, by the way. Tell me if this is accurate as a blurb, and I haven't read this since I submitted it, and it's probably too late to change. It's very well written. Thank you. Toronto comedians Michael Blazzo. And am I saying your last name? It would be Belazzo.
1: if there were
0: two,
3: two right. Zs, it's but Bilazzo. it's Balazzo. My sister so, Al also always
0: calls you Michael Bilazzo. I know, I'm sorry. I think oh, I've, I've done, it. done it.
1: Smarten up, everybody.
3: I'm Vish, by the way. You're Michael Belazzo. Yes. It doesn't sound as good. I like Balazzo. It yeah. sounds more like you should stand up for yourself. I mean, Belazzo, it just doesn't. Anyway. Okay. Well, Toronto comedians Michael Belazzo and James Hartnett get together every week and pretend they hate each other on this <laughs> podcast, an entertaining peek into the worlds of Toronto and its comedy community. The pair bicker and belittle each other before interesting interviewing a who's who of toronto comedians and cultural figures all while maintaining their characters and it's all rather compelling now again i have spe- thank you what a, that's so cool well you're welcome but i also i'm not sure that this is true i may have taken some liberties and assuming this is all performative i i'm not sure no it's real things just got meta okay
1: <laughs> but nope. you are yes i'm yes. sorry
3: i should have i should have started at number one because you're so far down the list it would have been more dramatic <laughs> yeah, how can we work
1: closer to the well, to number one you want to hear it, let all, me, thank you for let, writing that you're welcome <laughs> let
3: me tell you so this will appear online at some point as a Amazing. top ten we're going to be on the web that You'll is very the, exciting thank, the, you. The, thank you that you're, is you're very, very cool it's a very you. entertaining show now, number, and now, now the, the game begins uh, uh, why are these people ahead of you yeah. as I go down yes. the list so I think it's going to get a bit mean spirited now Okay. so number eight for me was it's Gary Shandling book by judd apatow bullshit yeah just kidding
1: he's a director who did super bad
3: now yeah (laughs) that's correct he was also on the ben stiller show in the 90s one of the producers and that's how he uh that's how he kind of came to work with gary shandling on the larry sanders show which is my favorite show of all time Mm, that's up there for me too yeah have you ever seen that show, Mike? This is the theme to Gary Show. The well, that's yes. the. It's the Gary Chandler oh. show. The Larry Sanders show was his fake talk show. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. But I, I like both of those shows. Me too. Do you too. think
1: anyone ever went to see a Judd Apatow stand-up comedy performance thinking that they had bought tickets to see country music legends, the Judds? Um, and then
3: been like what is happening
1: yeah yeah
3: I don't think so I don't know probably not just throwing that out there yeah, but not. it's a
0: good topic okay yes. so that
3: was my number 8 uh, number 7 Gary Gullman do you know the comedian Gary very Gullman very Gary yes. heavy list is this a heavy list Gary's on the brain Gary heavy list oh it's a Gary Shannon, heavy list oh, yes Gary you're Gullman. right yeah there's a, and the different spellings too right yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, did you guys see his uh, special, The Great Depression? No, I saw all his tweets. Yeah, he did this amazing thing for comedy, co- for mm-hmm. comedy, where he did a tip a day, a t- mm-hmm. comedy stand up, a stand up comedy tip a day, starting January first, and he's done one every day. Uh, as comedians, did you, uh, James? You clearly saw it. I didn't see his special. No, no, but I oh, saw but the, you the noticed tweets? the feed, like you saw what he was yeah, doing.
0: Um, I, you know what? At first, I was like, that's corny. And then a few, some of them, I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's pretty helpful. But then it did kind of seem by the, the end... One of the tips
1: turned into, like, get a dog. <laughs> yeah,
3: it felt like he, were,
0: he, he committed to too many.
3: <laughs> was one of them get a dog? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this, this entry may be in dispute. By mm-hmm. your reckoning, this, this might not be... Nope. You could have been ahead of Gary Gullman. <gasps> you know. If this is a ranked list... No, are you
0: kidding me? Okay. Yeah, well, okay. he's he's funny and He very is popular. funny. I
3: liked one. his second last special, I thought, was the funniest special of that year. He, um, I
0: think he's like comedians, real comic comedians, are like, he's mm. the master. He's the best. Like People well, he have a lot of
3: respect for him. Do you like him? Are you I do fan? like him, yes. okay. I Okay, you can tell me if you don't.
1: Who's next on the list? Gary Larson?
0: <laughs> you Creator got him, Mike. Who, Creator of the far side. Did I tell you this? Have Gary's? I told you
3: that I randomly, like I was trying to prepare for the 500th episode of my show, mm. And I reached I was like, Who do I want in the five hundred? I didn't want it to be a big guest. So this would have been in the summer. I reached out, I like googled Gary Larson because I the far side was so significant <laughs> wow. to me. Well, the far side has come up. I I was I was interviewing Will Forte and I said, Did you read the far side by chance? Just thinking of his sensibility. He said, Yeah, absolutely. Huge, Ooh. huge influence. Yeah. How, that's amazing. How did you Oh, he wow. was like a Like no one had probably asked. A, you yeah. very rarely will ask comedians about comics. right? Sure. I mean, I know we talked about Garfield, but uh, The Far Side was really huge. And so he, The Far Side has come up with a couple of uh, graphic artists I've had on the show, mm-hmm. and I've said actually because I'm very steeped in the Gar side, uh, in the in the Gar. Side, the Gar side. That's, that's a, that a good be the a crossover. <laughs> <laughs> the Gar side. The far side. And so, it, it to me, you know, you asked. <laughs> so, you got me confused now with all the Gary's. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, I reached out to the email address that was on com, and then they said, uh, no, he doesn't really do many interviews, but hmm. pay attention for some updates on the website. And then... They announced he was sort of coming back. There was some, and uh, still nothing has come of it. But yeah, I heard this... the Farside is relaunching in some way. Yeah, he's going to be a pro-Trump wow. guy. Yeah, imagine
1: if that—he's <laughs> just like Scott Adams from yeah, Dilbert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he becomes the Dilbert guy.
3: So anyway, it's weird that you brought up the the Farside. Cool. Okay, the number six. Uh, okay, this is Hot Ones. Have you seen this show? Hot Ones. No, no. It's an interview. It's an internet interview show where the guy. The premise is. Guy has very famous celebrities on his show, and they talk, but as they're speaking, the guests progressively, they eat progressively spicier chicken wings.
0: <laughs> oh, is that that gif of Idris Elba yes. eating a chicken wing? I know the gif, I don't know the show. Yes,
3: and Paul Rudd, uh, uh, a meme of Paul Rudd... Has how 2019 it. is that? I know the gif, I don't know the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you Paul Rudd... It, you sounded a little is... like Johnny Carson when you said that. I know um, how. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is I know the gift <laughs> I don't know the show so uh I like this show because the interviews actually are profound and I think there's something kind of sadistic about watching uh millionaires burn their mouths <laughs> out. like I kind of enjoy that that's what's that's happening a great idea Have Anyone want to watch that
1: Anyone had an accident
3: during the oh taping? you mean in terms of their bowels spicy no. food oh that'll do yeah. it to me. Today, there, there, Betty White gets, pooed oh on my camera. Gosh. She would die on camera, wouldn't You'd she? Die. Okay, so that's one you should check out. So no, no debate about the no. order thus far. You don't nope. feel like you should have trumped any of these people, okay? No. Uh, number five, uh, Bowen Yang. Do you yes, know this comedian Bowen Yang. Is he
1: the? He's on SNL.
0: Yeah, he's now yes.
3: on SNL, and I feel like. Um, <clears> oh <throat> well, Mike, what do you think of Bowen Yang? Very funny, and he
1: he. he Unfortunately, he started like this in the midst of that controversy yes, with that yes, comedian Shane got, Gillis. Yes, I oh, remember his name. He got canceled. Well,
3: I don't endorse. Why it. is there a poster of Shane Gillis <laughs> in your bedroom? I think that's that's weird. unrelated. <laughs>
1: okay, I just okay. like yeah, the...
3: yeah. So Bo and Yang, I feel uh, every time. So I have to uh, for work. I have to watch Saturday Night Live mm. to review it. Right,
1: that's the ultimate gig <laughs> 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 to get paid to watch SNL. <laughs>
3: Have you ever read my reviews of SNL, Mike? You Occasionally like, I do, yes. What do you make of them? Do you watch the show? If,
1: if I happen to catch
3: an episode, I will read the yes. The and do you feel like I'm off the mark? My editor sometimes thinks I'm too generous with the show. Because <laughs> I do... Well, what, don't want
1: to be too mean every week, because it would be like shooting fish in a barrel. Well,
3: unlike, uh, unlike some people who are like, here's the top three, here's the bottom three, I I do a little assessment of every single thing that happens on the show. Every sketch, wow. every musical performance... I think more people are doing that now. But I uh, make a point of like, no, the whole thing. Let's just do the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, I think the show uh, is very uneven, as it must be, as anything would be that you have to do on a regular basis. Not mm-hmm. unlike your show. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. No
3: question. Not necessarily my show, but your show. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. So do I, you wish Colin and Scarlett a happy marriage? I don't. <laughs> I hope they have a, I, they They seem to be... Uh, the king and queen of uh, douchebag high school like no one likes either of them for anything they do at all
1: shouldn't instead of adam driver in
3: marriage story shouldn't it have been colin jost and Anne scarlett johansson it would just be a very such a sarcastic film like just it would be so gross and i wouldn't like it yeah okay so bow yang is a if you don't know him james i think a real uh what i wrote here is uh and tell me this is gonna make mike angry um, oh boy he has stolen every scene he's in and similar to jim carrey's earliest days on in living color you can see yang's body fighting to restrain the comedic power within i don't know wow. what i was on You're when watching I wrote his that. body closely yes well he's interesting he's, he's, he's he's certain physical comedians evocative. it mm. is isn't it i don't yes. know where i came up with this
0: i haven't i you know what i haven't been watching the show but i'm gonna look for this powerful force don't
3: you see that does that resonate with you mike he seems like his body quite as closely but yes i I do agree he's He's got a lot of comedy with him like he every scene he's in he gets a laugh that's unusual Mm. for a new cast member like he clearly has charisma and is very funny very cool okay lauren's done it again (laughs) yeah this is all praise to lauren oh number four Two Dope Queens. Have you seen this show? No. Okay. This is a show uh, featuring Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson, their friends, and it's like a variety show. Have you seen it, Mike?
1: I have heard the podcast. I haven't seen the show. I just want to point out that we, we <laughs> don't seem to be familiar with any of the years was popular
3: comedy? it's so true I basically barely watch comedy at all that's amazing well I I don't mean to put you on the spot that way as people who are comedy experts I just thought that would be a fun this would be a fun exercise no it's great okay number three Number three. Let's move on. Two Dope Queens is good. You'll like it. It's okay. like a it's a, the the HBO version of the TV like the TV show. You mentioned the podcast, Mike, yes. but the HBO show uh, is really cool. They go into mm. a live theater and it's like a variety show. Uh, comedians do um, segments like they do stand up sets, mm. and but they also interact a lot with the guests and they come up with activities. It's good. That's cool. I would recommend Two Dope Queens. We'll check it out. And uh, it was number four on my top ten list. Mm. Excellent. Okay, number three. On Cinema at the Cinema. That's my yes. uh, one of my favorite all-time shows. <laughs> now, are you familiar? This is a, uh, two guys uh, who want to kill each other and <laughs> yeah. are playing performative versions of themselves, heightened <laughs> versions of themselves. Now, can you guys relate well, to On Cinema at the... They play uh, characters named... Tim Heidecker and Greg Turkington; those yeah. are their real names. Real names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and they bicker. But it's every different episode because, they bicker and they fight yeah. and they really hate each other. But it's
0: different because I'm James Hartnett and Mike's Mike Belazzo. Yeah, yes. So that's so
3: different good pronunciation there on Belazzo. I think you really nailed yeah. it that way. So you guys are familiar with this premise and this show. I'm familiar with it? Yes. 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 Okay. It's, it's funny. Right. Very funny. It's, it's funny. Uh, so number three, that's a good ranking. That's a good oh, place. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, number two. <laughs> I think you should leave. This is the new sketch show. Loved it. You did did see that. Mm -hmm. What did you think, Mike? I thought it was very funny as well. Okay. Do you think it's a number two? Is that... A number two, I think yeah. it's a number two. It's up there.
1: Well, he talks about Pooh a
0: lot. Yeah, he yes, does. Yeah, yes. that was good.
3: That number was number two. Segue. Okay, <laughs> but no, he's great. This is a great uh, show by Tim Robinson of uh, Detroiters. He used to be on SNL as well. Yes, uh, underutilized on SNL. And, he was. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a, uh, a it cast member. Seem like, I'm trying to remember what order. I think he started as a cast member and then got. Um, Hmm. He went, you know, became a writer, hmm. and then uh, he has this. I think the show's it's very short
2: mm. stuff. bite every episode. size,
3: um episodes, yes. What's that? Sorry,
1: bite-sized. Oh, bite-sized. Episodes. <laughs> I thought you said
3: butt-sized. Then I no, was no, really no. confused. Okay, well, bite-sized. Bite, bite-sized. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Like seventeen-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's okay. a little
1: bite of a show.
3: Okay, now, my number one oh, is boy. actually a tie. Now, Woo. I know you guys are really steeped in the comedy scene from 2019 and everything that went out there. What would you Let guess? Gary, the, um, Seinfeld and Gary Seinfeld. Gary Seinfeld. No, no,
0: no, no. I'm going to say the Rogan podcast. You're going to say the, the, the Joe Rogan Seth podcast? Rogan poc- oh, Joe the Joe Rogan, Rogan, Rogan podcast.
1: podcast. I'm going to say, what's it going to be? How about uh, Jan?
3: Who? <laughs> the CTV sitcom Jan. Oh, uh, is that Jan Arden? It, is, it is. Do you know that Jan Arden... Okay, I'll tell you something from my neck of the woods before we get to this number one. Sure. Is a story from Guelph. No, no, no. Oh. I mean, my neck of the woods is a music oh, okay. podcaster. Yeah. I have a show, as you guys know, you've been on it. You're Well, you're a musician, Mike, but I mean, it's Thank primarily you. a music-driven show. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of musical guests. I've had a big year with the show. Some of my favorite people icons have been on the show. But what has happened in the uh, Apple podcasting uh, categorization is, for some reason, all these idiots have moved into the music category and are just taking up real estate, bumping me down the ranking list. Damn. Jan Arden has a show. Who knows what? I have not listened to a word of it's it. It's
1: about uh, it's about personal finances. I think she co it with someone from... Uh... From Dragon's Den? But why is that a music... That's not true. Why? Is that true? No. Yeah, so
3: why, okay, so an Alec Baldwin show is on there, and I yes. look at his mm-hmm. guests, I'm like, Judith Light? Like, the why, famous musician. <laughs> why is the woman from Who's the Boss uh, on Alec Baldwin's show, I know she's had a resurgence and she's on a big show, but why is that a music show? None of his guests are musicians, but he's done something with the algorithm to make his show rank higher, because uh, you can't do an arts interview show now, because there's so many of them, so right. he made himself a music show... And this Alan Cross character, what does he have oh, to do with music? He the, does nothing. The so, ongoing history of new music. Is that what the name of the show is? Yeah. Yes.
1: If you I don't know if
0: if you grew up in Toronto in the nineties, he was on the edge. Right. CFNY. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still,
3: I feel like that's valuable real estate that could be mine. So I'm just mm-hmm. saying to you, I don't understand what's going on with the music podcasting category, and I resent it. Because that's... my show is Good, and it's, it's really good it's falling down the rankings. It because sounds of like you
1: stuff. need a Frank Sheeran type of friend yes, to I take do. care
0: of these other. <laughs> and you know what? I think podcasts. it's a trick if you get people to unsubscribe and resubscribe that inflates it. Oh, well, they're probably all weird. just doing that. That's a weird thing to do.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. A weird. Well, anyway, game I, think, I think there's bots involved, and this Jan Arden Putin. character. I don't know. No, it's Jan Art Jan Show is not my number one. And what did you guess? Joe, Joe Rogan podcast. No. Okay. No, it's Jordan neither Peterson's of those. Things. Family Feud Canada. Okay. Here's the tie, and this is maybe controversial, and I don't even know how this is going to run, uh, when it goes up on the uh, internet because uh, normally my editor would have a cow about me doing such a thing, but I have tied. <laughs> that reminds me of sorry, just the
1: phrase you just said there reminds me of Bart Simpson, um, who used to what was it he used to
3: say don't have a uh, don't have a cow don't have a cow yes, man Mike don't have a cow man cow man yeah it was very gendered. Good point. My tie, yeah, it's very. Don't have a cow.
1: What is your preferred pronoun? That'd <laughs> be modern day Bart Simpson.
3: Don't have a cow, them. Uh, the uh, <laughs> my my uh, tie for number one in terms of comedy things mm. fleabag and Barry. The show Barry fleabag and Barry. So I picked two TV shows as my number one, and I thought they were quite similar. And I articulated it, and when it comes out, maybe it'll be out by the time people uh, hear this episode of the show, uh, I articulated why. Have either of you seen... Two
1: shows about being young and single in London.
3: Yes. That is
0: how I would <laughs> I, characterize it. I've seen season one of Barry. Loved it. Isn't it remarkable? I got to see season two. I thought season And three. I've
3: been... Fleabag is like next on my list of shows to see. But So the, one of the controversial aspects of my list, is Barry a comedy? <laughs>
0: I feel like right. that's part for the course these days. It's almost like Succession is kind of a comedy. Everything's like a bit of a drama, a bit of a comedy these right, days. Right? As, com- like.
3: as comedian, what do you make of this? What do you make is going on? That's
0: here? all I really want to watch. I feel like I think these the kinds of shows. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Is it the thing of comedians wanting to prove, like, I'm not just a clown; I'm actually a really <laughs> good actor? Well,
3: okay. Here's an example that I always think of, and I, oh, I don't. I've never talked about this before, so I'm just going to spit this out here. Remember. Um, there is a period there when uh, David Duchovny was on the X Files. Yes, Mulder, Scully, Clooney had it too. There's a certain breed of cat. They had a serious acting reputation, or they were on serious things, mm-hmm. and then they'd go on a talk show and they'd just be hilarious. John Ham does it yeah, now. John Ham sure, does a thing where sure. he's like, "I really want to be a comedian. <clears throat> Everyone thinks I'm a dramatic actor, so I'll be on all the comedy podcasts. I'll do goofy things." And Duchovny had that a lot. Like Duchovny yes. would, be he on, would be on Larry Sanders. That's right. He was a that's frequent, himself. and he was a mm-hmm. great character, a great idea. There, they they made it seem that he was in love with Larry, but had this man crush on Larry, and it was very very funny. But my point here is uh, that would start to bleed over into the X Files, where he would, in his very dry molder way, make jokes. So the show got a bit funny. Like it was a clever show, and it got funny. So I'm just saying the uh, dramedies. X-Files. That's where it started. That's the first dramedy.
1: X-Files started the dramedy boom. Yeah, I
3: think so. I think the dramedy boom, boom. yes. We're
1: living in the age... Was this decade the decade of the dramedy boom? It's a great Um,
3: question, Mike. It is a good question. I know
1: everyone's talking about this. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think it might have been. I think because things are so serious right now in terms of just the way we live. Mm -hmm. The world is ending. We all know it's ending. We're confronted by this information all the time. Uh, that the world is supposed to be ending of natural causes and then we have these these real jerks like donald trump who are speeding mm-hmm. things along and i think it's made us all pensive it's why we don't go to the movies anymore we stay home we try to interact less with people that means there's more road rage because people don't they're not used to interacting with one another anymore true, true. i see people driving like me as you know i came here from guelph guelph ontario I drive I drive the—thank you for specifying—I drive the highways all the time, and I tell you, when I leave—it's nighttime now—when I uh, leave, I guarantee you there'll be two or three cars uh, in pitch-black darkness without their lights on. That's a new phenomenon for me. As Jerry Seinfeld said, who are these people? Who are these people? And I think uh, it's the end. It's the end uh, of times, and I, I appreciate you having me on your show to vent this way because i think we're all doomed and uh
1: well this is you're ending our this app ep- we're wrapping up i,
3: th- I feel i hope you but are. you're ending on a
1: very downbeat note yes, yes Um
3: yes i am uh, because i think it's important to be a truth teller and and, and i hope i've done it in, with enough of a lilt uh you know a slight comedic lilt that it feels like a dramedy i feel like it feels yes. heavy uh, and yes. light at the same time yes. just like uh your top shelf dramedies which by the way i don't know if you've thought about this james but this decade year of the dramedy boom i third decade what you know the I dramedy have people boom have started. been saying this yeah, and i'm yeah.
0: starting to feel like yeah when you look back you know it'll be like the 60s rock and roll
1: 2010s <laughs> dramedies
3: breaking bad breaking bad was fun sure Shouldn't dad have been. what
1: was it like back in the 2010s when the dramedy boom happened yeah
3: <laughs> well it was both fun and not that's what you'll yeah. say
1: maybe we can end on with you answering this question is it is it our duty as as citizens, as humans, to let people like... Just let people like things. You know that thing that you see on Twitter every now and then when someone's making fun of of some song or a movie or TV show and then someone goes, Hey, let people like things.
3: Yeah. Very profound, Mike. That is a... That is a
1: what do they call that? Poptimism? Poptimism. Do you think it's important to let adults like... Alien no, stories. No,
2: okay. <laughs> there need to be thanks cultu- for
3: joining need, us. There need to be cultural checks and balances. So when I say, uh, when I take the time out of my day uh, to make a list of the top ten comedy moments of the year, and I direct people to something like, say, the landlord and tenant pod mess. Thank Woo! you so much. You need to take my word for it. I'm an expert. You're not. I don't care what your tastes are. My list is right. Your interests are wrong go by my list and you'll be a better person. That's people, how I'd like people to end like the to show. Hear that. I like the bold stance you're taking.
0: Yeah, and people didn't like being told what to like and do. Yes. Do you guys
3: know I'm I'm moving to Edmonton?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, is it for to for Wexit?
3: Yeah, I'm hoping to get out of <laughs> both Canada and um yeah, I don't know what, So was where. it the
1: the the political swing that the the yeah, priorities yeah, yeah. took that attracted you? Yeah,
3: it's the timing is amazing. No, you know my my wife and I both got jobs. My wife's from Edmonton, so we're gonna move there and and give it. But she had Damn. no part. Like I was the one being like, "Well, I got this. I'm not looking for jobs in Kamloops. I'm looking for jobs <laughs> in Edmonton." And one came up. So, hmm. well, yeah.
1: that's exciting. A new chapter. When 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 do you head out there?
3: Uh, end of uh, the 2019. So this might be my last time sitting in in the hot seat on your couch. You'll have to Skype in next time. I'd love to be back on. uh, Was this okay? I hope this was uh, great. This was fantastic way to end the year. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like being on your show, as you know, and uh, I do worry about your show. Some nights I I am awoken with a dread about the show. Sure. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So I hope it continues, and I hope I haven't ruined it. No, not at all. Thank you so much for joining us, V. Oh, it's been my pleasure as always. Uh, James, Mike, thank you so much, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in uh, the year 2021, because I don't think 2020 is going to treat you very well.
2: Thank you.